Hey, welcome to the Everyday Sniper. You got Frank from Sniper's Hide here. I'm still down in Franklin, Tennessee, getting ready to get on the airplane in a few hours, but I wanted to knock out a podcast before I do so. Just finished up our class at Treadproof, a new facility that's uh, just outside of Nashville. And um, I had just a fantastic time down here. Really good. Uh, Going to kind of fill you guys in and not so much about what I've done down here because you guys heard that all before. Um, You know, my class is mobile. It moves around. But just to give you a little background and history on what Treadproof has going on, pretty well known for uh, handgun carbine kind of stuff and it's new. They They just built it. But affiliation with some great instructors. Uh, the, the owner of the facility is Dr. Paul Maurer, um, well known in this field, especially in terminal ballistics. He's a neurosurgeon, brain surgeon, um, and speak, uh, spoke at the NRA conference, a bunch of other places. And I had met Doc Maurer, oh God, I don't even know how many years ago, five, six years ago, maybe even more now. And him and his son, Brett, came out to Colorado and took private class from me. Uh, they found me online, and uh, we, we all got together. And since then, I've done two or three things with them here and there. And uh, they're originally upstate New York. And some of you may have, uh, who've been on Sniper's Hide and stuff, may have seen I've done classes in upstate New York a few times. And, and that's kind of a little bit of loose uh, association with them. But moving out of the communist state of New York and coming over and down to Nashville area, they built Treadproof, um, and I, I encourage you to go take a look at their website because they got these really cool thing called Tread Talks. Okay, coming from the medical field, education is a huge thing, and they're really focused on the education side and then the practical application of stuff. You know, and and it's it's educate and then practice. You know, that medical field, and. They got a lodge built down there. They got 250 acres, uh, 360 range for the handgun carbine, 100 yard. And then they have a lot of like rolling hills, natural terrain. And they're starting to build the long range part of it in the facility for precision rifle. Um, Talking to the other son, Todd, who kind of manages and works a lot of the facility down here. And um, it's, it's it's a blank slate in a lot of ways. So hopefully I can put a little bit of influence on it. And, you know, as it goes right now, we're probably going to be back here in late October, early November of this year and to put on another course. And I'm actually going to try, I'm not going to say anything because I'm going to see him on Friday, but just between you and I, I think I'm going to get Mark Taylor to come down here because I really think he'll like it. But the lounge they built in the conference room is like such a pro level conference room. It was Seeing like my PowerPoint on like a, you know, 30 feet across kind of thing was pretty darn awesome. And I want to thank everybody that came out. Originally, this was supposed to be a private class. And um, what happened was, uh, you know, a lot of professionals that were going to be coming down here, conflicting schedules. So we opened it up at the very last minute. And I want to thank uh, Clay and his wife, Amanda, for coming down. Uh, again, super last minute for them. It was within like a week. They, they said, hey, we'll come on down. And I'd met Clay and Amanda at the Guardian Long Range Match in Ardmore, Tennessee. And so uh, they, Amanda was a physical therapist. She had taped up my neck during the Guardian Match. 
And so it, it was great to see them again. We had a really good time with them. Fantastic shooters, fantastic people, just, you know, Tennessee, salt of the earth. And uh, we had a really, really fun time, uh, you know, just going through the class and doing all that stuff. And they shot really well. Uh, Amanda's rocking an AR-10, 6.5 Creedmoor. She's a lefty and just just eating it up. She started out about a minute shooter with the AR-10, and by the end, she was between 5.8 and half minute. She'd touch on a half minute group, but then be in that 5.8, but still super respectable. Her form, her technique was fantastic. Um, you know, gas guns aren't easy. And she did a really good job just cleaning up on some of these targets. And the targets, they have like between a, a one and a half, two MOA, and then like a one to a half MOA target on some of the ranges that we do out here. And uh, she just nailed it all. And, and, and it was really good stuff. And her husband, Clay, guy's gigantic. He's got to be like 6'8 or something. I don't know. He's he, freaking, I think he's one of his legs is probably bigger than I am. But, uh, a uh, really good time. We just had a blast. I mean, fully stocked place out there. The conference room, the bathrooms, the lodging, the, you know, oh, and the food. They There's a farm out here, and they bring in like a hot box lunch. I mean, you can get hot, you can get cold sandwich. Everything is sourced off the farm. And I had these like incredible turkey sandwiches, cut fries, homemade ketchup. Um, you know, and that comes in every day in like a box lunch is like $15. They got farm raised beef burgers, you know, the chicken, uh, chicken sandwiches and all that stuff. And, and that's part of the course and everything. And, um, you know, like I said, they do the, the tread talks uh, because, you know, Doc's in, in, in the field that he's in and he's a speaker and all this stuff. For me... The highlight of this weekend was on Sunday afternoon, he gave us part of his terminal ballistics talk. And, it, you know, he has some ones that are watered down a little bit, like the NRA stuff. But they're, I mean, detailed and graphic. He, he showed us stuff. We, we went over Kennedy stuff from the Kennedy assassination. He, it's broken down into, like, microns and milliseconds. And then he even uh, went through... You know, his stories about this, because that's what he does, is like brain surgery. And, and he's really big with, with the gunshot wound and, and stuff like that. And so he, he gave us a story about a police officer in, outside of Rochester, New York, who was shot in the head. And he performed brain surgery on it. He had step-by-step -step photographs of how he repaired this guy's brain. And the guy is back at work and on the street again. He's off, well, he's off the street street, but he's in, like, the prison system, but he's working full time. And this was a guy who was shot in the head. And, and, and Doc Maurer, you know, patched him up and took, took his skull off and all this other stuff. And you see all the pictures. And, you know, like well, I was saying, like, with Amanda being in, in, the, in physical therapy and stuff, you know, everybody was, like, just super engaged and he's so animated and he's just entertaining and he dispels a lot of myths and he goes through you know i mean it, it, all you have to do is like just the it was probably maybe an hour i don't know i guess an hour of the talk that we did and he just basically 
throws all those myths, a handgun, stopping power, all that, and he breaks down the body, the penetration. He shows you the anatomy. The targets here that they use, they're paper targets, and they have their own targets made, are based off a human CAT scan that's been 3D modeled and then turned into a target. So your 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 A in the, you know your A ring in the center of the head, your B is off center, and then your C is like liver and that, and then they have their kidneys and stuff. But they don't. I mean, they're not the they're not like the Kyle Lamb body targets with the vein systems and all that because you don't really need that. But they're outlined in a way for the zones that they're they're medically accurate and it's just so cool that he's taken actual cat scans of stuff and things because he has this such resource you know and that they've created these targets i'm actually taking some of these targets home because i just dig them so much and i i'm i'm you know i'm really uh hot on them and, and want to kind of work with that stuff a little bit but um yeah the, the 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 tread talks and stuff and the people that are here that come in and teach the classes are, some of them are so high end, you can't even really say who the heck they are just because that's the circles they kind of move in. Um, you know, it's more of like federal side of things and .gov. But it, it was just like, you know, kind of like, wow, and eye-opening and, and understanding, like I said, the handgun stuff, it, you know, it, it gets broken down in a way that's just, you know, settles all those nine, nine verse 45 arguments and, and he shows, you know, just, just how that works. And, and of course, you know, there's, it's really shot placement and, and, and that's one of the things, but it, you know, it it's goes to what's going to happen if you lose 10% of your blood, what's going to happen if you lose 20%, what happens if you lose 30%, where do you need to go from here? How much is this? What does this do? What part of the central nervous system, you know? And, and like I said, he, he spoke at the NRA and, and he gave us part of that. But then we were kind of like, no, give us the nitty gritty. Give us the down and dirty. You know, we want to see the other stuff. And, and like I said, he, he's been to, you know, the, the book depository there, uh, Dealey Plaza, and, and he's gotten access to all that stuff. He knows like the Kennedy thing inside and out. Um, it, it was just really, really, you know, like from my side of it, you know, we got internal ballistics, we got external ballistics, and we got terminal. Well, I don't really, you know, we don't get into internal ballistics too much. We basically say it's the primer, you know, that's kind of where we look at it. Yeah, we have powder temps and things like that, but as powders have gotten so much better, we don't see, you know, the hypersensitivity we used to see back in the day. And so really, you know, internal ballistics have, have been reduced to, you know, something that we, we don't concern ourselves with as much. External ballistics is everything for a precision long range shooter, right? So we're always external, external, external. And just because of, you know, as well where we are, and, and rifles just push things into another level in terminal ballistics. You know, unless you're looking at big animals and things like that, on, on, on the human body, you know, when you look at the graphs and everything that he has, you got you got handguns that go across in one way, and they they step, you know, five percent difference here, ten percent difference there, not much difference, you know, and then you get to rifles, and it's just like ten times bigger. So you know, we're not really too worried about the terminal as much, 
And, and that's more for the hunter guys. It's like, well, do I choose this really light rifle? Am I going to shoot it with a 243? Or do I got to move up to a 300 Win Mag? Up, oh, maybe I need a 338. And that becomes the choice on the game you're shooting. You know, and we see that a lot with the Alaskans. Is I say all the time that those guys shoot dinosaurs up there. So they, they need the big magnums and they need the stuff and, you know, they need to put rounds and things and put them down, especially like the bears and, and you know, I mean, the size of the moose that are up there. You, you really got to get that penetration and you got to get in there. And he breaks that down into such a fun, exciting little talk. And this conference room just makes it so cool. And you're sitting there and you're just glued, you know, to the screen and he's animated and excited and he's just, you know, coming off on this stuff. And, and it, was, it was really, really cool to, to see just all the detail in the background. And, you know, when you, when you understand, when you're here, you, get to, you, you really appreciate who he works with and what's going on beyond the medical field of what he does in his day job. Like he just left, it, it's 7 o'clock this morning. He just left 6.30 to go fly. He's got surgery from like tomorrow until whenever. I forgot how many said he had this, like between tomorrow and Friday, I think he said he had like 15 operations to perform, some crazy number. And, um, but uh, what he's building down here is, is really gonna be, I, you know, it's not so much unique. Uh, I don't wanna say it that way, but it, it's, 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 it's a welcome change. It's. It's not a, you know, not, not to take away from like a K&M, which isn't too far from here or anything like that, because that's, that's, a, that's a PRS, that's a competition, that's a thing. But this, this has that educational component to it, and I really like that. I like, I told them, I said, you know, I'm going to come back. I'm going to do, uh, it's probably going to be a three-day, and I'm going to build like a program right around what's going on. And I totally want to include like Sunday afternoon, like do the three day, do Friday, do Saturday, do half day on Sunday. And I want to talk to him about like from one o'clock until the end of the day on Sunday to have him do his terminal stuff for the students that come here for a precision rifle class. Because I, I, I don't think that can be delivered anywhere else to this degree unless he went there you know and and like i said he he was a, a student of mine years ago and i've kept in touch with him and his sons are really great uh jake is afghan combat vet todd's here doing a lot of the work and then brett brett wasn't didn't make it um but brett's pretty much the big driver and i've dealt with brett a bunch of times and, and gonna you know work with him some more but I, I look at this place, like I said, as a blank slate. I think it's going to be really, really cool. And, and I'm digging on the natural terrain because I think we can get a little bit more into the sniperific stuff, you know, hide some targets in there. Because the way, the way the hills go and the valley kind of snakes, it's, it's, it's a lazy wind, you know. And you can place the targets and, and move some stuff. And then they have like another secondary valley and we're probably gonna um you know talk about building a little positional section there uh I'll, I'll, like a whole wall and and have this you know instead of just like a barricade build like you know this multi-purpose wall that i have in my mind and and you know i've seen variations of it before so no big deal but um yeah i just i i was i just had such a great trip down here I'm going to fly home, this, you know, uh, lunch today and, and get home and then, you know, back to Alaska and, and do this big block of classes 
we got going on uh, another 10 days up there uh, with Mark and stuff. But uh, yeah, I just, I, 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 you know, it, it's, it's great to get like the, this, the, it's new, it's fresh, it's up and coming, you know what I mean? And that sort of throws another, it, it, it's like a, a shot of adrenaline. It's, it, it's another um, kind of point of inspiration is the best way to say it that um you know the 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 the, you start getting the flashes in the brain boom 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 oh man i could you know over here we could do this and you can go into the woods you know a meter or two and you can come up and like even their hundred yard it's surrounded by the berm so it's you know 360 and comes in and overlaps but you can race up one side of the berm and takes you up on this big hill because they're cut in on the on the right side into this hill you can kind of build little holes and be down. And even if it's on paper and short targets, it's positional. We shot a lot of positional um, stuff. Uh, and they, 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 they uh, Doc shoots AIs, um, AX, AT. He was using his AT. Todd was using his AT and, and those guys. And so they're, they're big AI guys. 308s, you know? And, and it's, it's like... You, they want to stick with that caliber. They, they, you know, and I get it. it they're fantastic with it. Uh, but we were doing some tripod stuff, and they hadn't been exposed to the tripod part of it, so there was nothing there with that. It was, it was blank. And I put them on the really right stuff, and then Clay and the, and his wife Amanda had their Faisal, and and you know, with a really right stuff leveling base on it. In we were just nailing these targets, working the reticle with them and going out. And then I was doing the holds where I'm like, all right, put your 300 yard dope on the rifle and then we're gonna take it out to six, 700 yards, just holding. And the nice thing, and it was, it was kind of a, a little bit eye-opening here because um, the targets are small. You know, they're almost all headshot size going all the way out to six. You don't get into a 66% IPSC. There's one at five and there's one at six and one at 657 but they're they're, you know then you got a plate that's half that size next to it so we're we're kind of looking at that stuff but because of the way the 6.5 works and it's like you know from your 300 yard to like 800 yards it's like 0.8 0.8 0.8 which no big deal put the put the one mil at the bottom of the plate you, you know will work but for them with the 308s in um you know it's a mil a mil a mil a mil and it's kind of easy, you know, with with a a, a, a you know a less holdover reticle because they're they, they're using night forces. Uh, Doc runs a beast. Uh, Todd had an attacker five to twenty five, and you know, and then they have Schmitz and Benders uh, like Jonathan, and that was shooting one of their um, their TRGs and stuff. With a, he had a Schmidt and and things, and they and they have a six hour. Jake was playing with a six hour um, uh, three thousand with a Schmidt on it. Oh, uh, he's got a lot of Schmitz and stuff. Schmitz and Night Force is here. And and so we were racing kind of out and doing some games back and forth. And, you know, uh, they were averaging about 20 seconds to go from three to six and just using holds and everything. So it was all hits, 20 seconds, one shot. And, and you know, we found that, that, that it worked out really well for them to remember really, you know, it's at a mill, at a mill, at a mill, you're there. And so that, that works out really, really good for everybody to understand what's going on um, and to not have to think about it. You know, it just becomes intuitive that 
Got Adam Mill. Go another 100 yards. Adam Mill. Go another 100. Oh, wait. Got to shoot the 650. Half a mil. Boom. And, and so that's a, a really simplified way where, like I said, these are mainly handgun and carbine guys. You know, so I had to fix some trigger crush and some things like that. And we, we tighten their groups up. Like I said, they're, I mean, don't get me wrong. They're fantastic shooters. And, you know, by tightening them up, I, I, I took them from five eights to three eights, you know, that kind of thing. And, and so it's not this big colossal change. I'm not over tweaking or anything like that with them and having to change, you know, wholesale what they're doing. But that transition from handgun and carbine and the speed factor that they deal with that, I think they were saying like Todd, um, you know, they're, they're, they've been to Blackwater. I think they told me 12 weeks they've spent that Blackwater over the years and they have a really big relationship with them. And uh, uh, Todd runs an El Presidente in like between you know 4.8 and 5.2 seconds. So you know these guys are accomplished shooters. They're, they're pretty good. They're not competition guys but they're very quick, their speed and, and all that. And so bringing some of the comp elements in, bringing in some of the tripod stuff in, it's, it's very, very, um, you know, it was, it was new. And so seeing that was, was really cool. And then having Clay and Amanda there to show how like they do it coming from the comp world and then just tightening them up a little bit and getting that processing down and moving into the position, moving out of the position, it, 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 it was a good little marriage without, you know, tweaking somebody who has more of a combat mindset into a competition mindset, but then at the same time blending the two without overdoing it and out going too far. So I, I really like that part of it. Um, and, and then just seeing, like I said, with that terrain and, and what can be done for find it, range it, engage it. You know, can you, because well, let's face it, nobody's going to be standing in front of a berm, um, you know, full frontal, this whole thing, and, and, you know, see your splash and all that kind of stuff. It's going to be woods, man. It's going to be some cover and concealment. It's going to be partially exposed. It, it, it's, it's, they look at this as a practical exercise and not as a game exercise. You know, it's not a, it, it's more war game versus competition. And, um, and, and again, there's military backgrounds. Doc was 101st, uh, you know, did medical stuff for them. And, and so I think it's going to be, a, a, it's going to add an element. And it's something that I go back with, like Carl Taylor in the Sniper's Hide Cup stuff. Because we do, you know, loophole through trees and different things and partially exposed targets. And, yeah, there's a full-size plate out there at, you know, 600 yards at the Sniper's Hide Cup. But it's around a tree it's be behind a stump you know you're only seeing pieces of it it's not painted you got to find it it's like what it you know and and it goes back to that who's really going to be standing out in front of you like squared up and hey you know look at me look at me i'm i'm you know i'm wait a minute i'm going to cause hate but not until you're ready wait till the clock goes off and and that's not their mentality here so, um, you know, very cool stuff. And, and like I said, it's, 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 it's those flashes of inspiration that just, wow, wow. And we had thunderstorms and a little rain. We had a little bit of weather. Like, it would downpour for 20 minutes. The lightning was around us. The mountains kind of kept it or the hills, whatever you want to call them. They were more foothills. 
they they kind of funneled it around, but we did get a little wet out here. It's Tennessee. What do you want? And then last night there was some you know fun thunderstorms. Night before, same thing, some thunderstorms, and and so um, you know there was there was a little bit, but we kept shooting in it, and you get to see how's your equipment work. Is your equipment good in the rain? Everything's okay. So we we definitely had that going on. And um, like you know, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, expanding this relationship to the next level. And they're all about it. I'm all about it. I think you guys will be all about it because it's just one of those. Like I said, it's it's just different enough to be unique in today's precision rifle world because all we hear about is comp 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 nrl prs nrl prs nothing wrong with that there's like you know we talk about it all the time it's a good way to get spun up really quick it 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 makes you faster you know and you throw out a lot of the um unnecessary because you have to focus on the stage you know what i mean you're you're laser focused on What's what needs to be accomplished for this stage? And maybe it is a barricade. Maybe it, it, it's something alternate and things like that. Where they're more, you know, find it, range it, engage it, methodical. The precision rifle shooter is not the door kicker, assaulter, the run and gun guy. And it, it, it takes a step back to the Marine Corps side of things, you know, and, and so... I, that's why I think, um, like I said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be uh, wrenching on Mark's ear a little bit uh, when I get down there on Thursday. Well, Thursday night I get down to Alaska. I'll get in late, like 11 o'clock, hit the cook, and then Friday morning Mark will pick me up and we'll head up to uh, the Sheep Creek and do that. So I got two hours to kind of, you know, bring them in because to me this goes back to our original intent. This is in our wheelhouse for both of us, for Mark and myself, because that's how we came up in this uh, industry, or you know, I don't know if we want to call it that part of the industry, but how we came up in uh, this discipline. And, and so it, 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 was, it was definitely a welcome change to some of the training that, that we do. And it was funny because no software on the line. They don't, they, they're not running any kind of software. It was all hard copy and anything like that. And that may change. I mean, I got the Hornaday Kestrel came in. So I'm, I'm looking forward to working with that stuff and, and jumping in with that thing. That'll be coming with me to Alaska. And, you know, there's definitely that need for software and, and that kind of devices and stuff like that. But, you know, there's something to be said for the paper and to keep your head out of the phones, you know, because there's you, you'll it, it it crosses the street back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. You get one class where everybody's in the software, another class not so much software, another class where half the people want software, another class nobody's using software, and I'm starting to see this this change like last year. It was software, you know, up to your eyeballs. And this year, you know, not so much. It, it, it seems like there's a little bit of a different dynamic going on. And I don't know if that's software related, you know, are people kind of getting that, that uh, you know, okay, yeah, been there, done that, I'm going to pull it out. But I don't know. I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm psyched on getting the Hornaday Kestrel and pairing that together and comparing it with Hornaday's program 
we I still got to get with Mike and and talk with the ballistic arc stuff with Joe Baker and and those guys. Um, they they had the new upgrade. I guess a 5.0 was released, and I just have to kind of back. I may do that within the next couple of days. We'll see. I, I I probably can get Wednesday together with Mike and try to go over some ballistic arc stuff. But I want to look at that as a way of putting out data. And then, it, you know, it's funny, too, because I just got a message uh, the other day before I came out here from uh, Gus down at uh, Argentina with Patagonia and Cold Bore. And him and I were talking a little bit of software stuff. And I, I got those, um, the Trimbles, the Juno, the, you know, so kind of like thinking about reloading Cold Bore. I have Cold Bore on my uh, Nomad Trimbles, the big heavy ones, but the Juno is not much bigger than your phone. And so I was thinking I'm going to put the cold bore on the Juno and take that around because it's rugged, it's waterproof, it's not, don't have the heat issues. I mean, we had that the other day. We had one of the guys at the class with Mike and I put his phone down in Colorado out in the sun, came back from like eating lunch or whatever the case may be, and the phone was in shutoff mode, you know? So you kind of have to go that Kestrel route, that hardened route. It, you know, it, it's, it's different where... You're going from stage to stage to stage and you're going to put your phone in your pocket and do all that stuff. So, But when you're on a line and you're not moving as much and you're out in the sun, especially, you know, it's been hot, and global warming, all that kind of stuff. Or Alaska hit 90 or something this week, they said. The first time ever, I think, um, recorded that Alaska hit 90 degrees. And I know there's a fire north of Sheep Creek, but within eyesight of it, you know, so... That's, that's kind of something we've been keeping an eye on when we go up there, that Mark's been keeping me posted on the fires and everything. So I hope that stuff, Montana, um, it's the Montana River area, which, you know, you got Sheep Creek, then Montana, then Talkeetna. And, um, you know, so th things are changing and you have to start to look at your electronics. You have to look at how you're going to carry this equipment, how you're going to run dope cards, how you're going to do this. You know, will it work? You know, we were, we were talking about um, some, not so much prepper stuff, but uh, just uh, preparedness in a way like, you know, do you take an old cell phone that you may not have turned in, an old computer that you may still have, and, you know, do you create some kind of Faraday cage with it? And they're saying you can, uh, an, uh, one you have in your house right now is a microwave and you can kind of line a microwave and because the microwave is is semi-protected if you had like an old unused microwave you can create that into like a faraday vault and put some things in there as just storage and if, if, if anything you know north koreans get froggy and like i said i get it you know don't get me wrong i'm not saying like oh gee watch out but i'm just saying there's people who think about this stuff and there's there's thought processes around it and and that's the part that you know we're looking at and so um you know where do you go with, with, with your dependence on your phone or your computer and do you have it hard copy backup i mean remember i go back with the impact data book with my ballistic card sheet that's the backup to your computer you know, if you're listening out there right now, think about it. If you're running, say you're running AB, say you're running Streetlock, say you're running, you know, any one of those programs, something like that. Are you hard copy backed up? Is it with your equipment right now? Is, you know, can you grab it and go? 
without having to depend on the electronic side of things, the phones. Can you manage the wind? I mean, we did the wind class. We had a little bit, not much, um, you know, but can you manage that kind of stuff without your electronics? And, and how have you, um, I guess, going back, prepared yourself for, you know, leaving your phone or breaking your phone or having it turn off in the heat and anything like that? Can you still operate? And that's where these guys come from. They come from that sort of military, on-the-job, operational type of mindset versus a competition mindset. And they look at those things. So um, it was cool. Then, change subject here a little bit. She brought my Valkyrie down. The bolt action, mile high, origin, AI chassis. Zero compromise, 4 to 20. I love that optic. The zero compromise is just, I mean, everybody on the line was just like jaw on the ground with it. Um, it, it was so good. That 4 to 20, short, nice, that dot, that, that Valkyrie is a hammer. It was point hit, point hit, point hit. They have this target at 700. It's up in the woods. It's hard to see, especially because it's grown now. You know, it's green, all the leaves around the tree. You know, all that. And it and they painted it kind of an orange, but it almost looked reddish, you know, because it's in the woods so deep. And, and as you go back, and they haven't pushed back beyond that part of it. They're moving over and pushing back around. But it was, it was not where you would look. It was deceptive, the terrain. To me, like when I find, I found it, I was the first, I'm like, you know, he says, hey, there's a target up there in the, you know, up over here and it's somewhere up over there and you know we couldn't see it just because of the way that the shadowing and the sun and all that so you couldn't see with the eye and you really had to be on it it was mega partially exposed and so you know when they told me and we were on there and I was on the tripod and everything and I'm up I'm up I'm coming up and I'm looking and it sure as shit looks like it's hanging in a tree but it's not it's on the ground you know no no it's on t-post but anyway so I go and I kind of, I think that's it. All right, I look at it. The zero compromise just pulled it right out of that vegetation. And, and it was just a great, great picture to see it because there were, you know, not all the scopes on the line were picking it up as well. But, you know, uh, I was able to see it really well. And, and they just said up over there, somewhere up there. I'm scanning, 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 found it. I said, I think, yep, got it. Ran the bolt on the Valkyrie. First shot fired, bam, impact right through it. And, uh, you know, I was able to kind of snake through the leaves and stuff. Uh, we had one, like Jonathan from um, Franklin Gun Shop down here. He's shooting up, and uh, he he's going over, and, and he caught a branch, you know. And, I, and he shot one, and it's like, ah, that's not. And then I looked, and I saw a leaf fall. And then he, I said, okay, dude, give me one more. Just let me check that. Shot one more. I saw a leaf drop. Dude, you're catching the trees. We got to move you over, tripoded them, moved them over. It's like, all right, now you see where that, that branch comes down. That's the one you were catching. Let's bring you over about three feet. And because of the way it drooped on the angle, we can, we can then clear the archer, your 308. My Valkyrie just zipped right through. We can clear the archer, your 308, and um, get it down. Because those guys, I want to say they were in the fives, uh, Five two to five five, maybe they might have been in there, and I was only running four eight. 
So I was pretty darn flat running with the six fives and everything. And, um, you know, I was just, like I said, I, I'm really impressed with what's going on with me with that Valkyrie. I, I think it's, it's definitely viable still. And then Joel Wise had given me some 90s. And I ran the 90s, just a couple. I think I maybe did a box of the 90s. I was running the 88s as usual. The 90s chambered a different feel for most of the rounds. There was a couple that couldn't tell them apart as far as chambering-wise between the 88s and the, um, and the 90s. But the majority of the 90s chambered slightly different in my rifle. But I, I didn't shoot them at 100. I only shot them on steel. And I was zeroed for the 88s. Not a lot of offset in once I kind of figured out where it was like a point two or so, it was it was it was there. It was on it. You know, I didn't I didn't have much left to right difference that that I saw. Uh, maybe I was a little to the right, maybe with the nineties compared to the eighty eights uh, that were set up and zeroed. But um, I, I don't know. I I don't. I think these nineties are good now, man. I think they're in a good spot. But you can definitely. I mean, they look a little different because the bullet's different. Of course, they don't have the tips. But they, they did definitely chamber slightly different. So I can see where maybe a gasser has a problem with them. You know what I mean? There, there's, there's a feel that is different than the 88s. And so I, I still have um, like a box and a half or so left of them. And when I, you know, when I get on them, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a deeper look into them. But uh, I shot that the Valkyrie off the tripod at 100 yards, um, half minute. You know, hello. It was like, it's, a, it's such a tiny little bullet too, you know. So it's easy to group them up. And um, one of the other things I saw with the Valkyrie, because I, I, um, I let, the, there was the guy, the T-Rex guys were here. Um, they couldn't stay. That was part of the whole thing. They, they came in for like the first part of it and then had to leave. They, they were only like here half a day. Um, so I got to meet the uh, two of the T-Rex guys, not the young kid. I guess the, I don't know. I've heard of them. I don't know them, okay? And, um, I couldn't tell you who's who. And somebody said, oh, my brother polarizes people. I guess he, he must be the Frank of the T-Rex group. I don't know. But um, uh, so, I oh, God, I can't even think of his name, which one. Uh, there was the older gentleman and then the one guy with his brother, but his brother wasn't here, so he shot my Valkyrie too during the eval. I let him during the fundamental eval uh, use my Valkyrie. He shot a half minute, you know what I mean, and 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 within the eval, so it was it was definitely easy to shoot. But I let one of the guys use my rear bags. He didn't have the rear bag, and it was funny that I I kind of did a little fist part because I I was throwing some rounds down with him, and I noticed them vertical stringing on one of the shots groups that I took with no rear bag. And you can see that with like, you know, the buttstock kind of pushing into my hand, even though it's not pushing, like my hand probably wasn't consistent. But if you see that vertical stringing, you know, we always look at it as breathing, shouldering, different things you could do. But look at that rear bag use. Look at how you're presenting that because that any movement back gave me a little bitty of a straight line. And it was a dead straight line too. It was kind of funny looking in the group. Um, and then the, the, the Franklin guy had his, um, like a camera guy here, somebody, Chris, that spent one day, he couldn't be there the second day, but Chris was shooting with them and it was a goof too. And, 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 uh, 
uh, we were up and we were talking and, and the guys all kind of like looked at me like, are you kidding me? Because I didn't see Chris shoot. He, he had shot a group and, and was doing some stuff and he was like vertically strung. And I went over, but this is before I did it. And, and I'm, I'm like, uh, oh yeah, you did that. That was a good group. And I'm, but you see you're vertical here. You're probably, you know, breaking at different points, holding your breath a little different. He's like, I was holding my breath. I was trying to get skinny or, you know, get steady and skinny, steady. And, um, so he was like, because I, I didn't even see him shoot, you know, I just saw his paper. And, and, and I'm like, and he's, he's like, you know, they were like, how did, how did you know I was holding my breath like that? Cause he, and he was conscious of it. And it was like, well, I see it on your paper, you know. And so that, that's kind of cool when, when, when you can kind of do that and, and it pops up. But the, the origin action, I got the gain twist, left hand gain twist, Bartland barrel, AI, uh, AX chassis, the zero compromise with the really right stuff mount. That gun's a friggin' rock star, man. I mean, it, it's it's so easy to shoot. It no recoil to it. It's it's you know down here in the weather, the whole thing. It's you know what was it like I said, four point eight to seven hundred or something like that. I don't. Know. I, I think that's what it was. Um, it it was just you know it was a fun cartridge to shoot. I, I the only time I missed a single target. The entire weekend with that rifle, and I only missed one, um, was when I switched over to the 90s. I, I, you know, just a little bit of that offset, left, right, up, down, kind of. And I'm guessing on the dope with it, I'm like, okay, it's about this, you know, because I'm jumping in in between, you know, teaching and instructing. It's like, okay, I got a minute, I'm gonna jump in, and, and bing, bing, bing. Okay, now I'm off. Okay, where are you guys at? All right, let's talk about this. And, and then it's like, okay, you're going good, you're going good, I'm going to jump in, bing, 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 you know, because we, we, we were in no hurry, everybody was getting their rounds down, everybody was learning something and, and taking away, and we'd go through a little drill and do some stuff, uh, you know, and um, so then it was like, all right, let's try it this way, and I demo it, but I shot right alongside everybody, and um, you know, I, I was really, really happy with the results of it, and I, I, I'm, I'm bummed that the Valkyrie misfired in the, in the release, in the start. You know, with that Federal 90 grain ammo, with the Hornaday not coming out until like a couple months later, there was a misfire. And I don't think it gave the Valkyrie a fair shake because so many of the blogs and everything that went out there had said it didn't work. It works, you know, and like I said, but I definitely feel and, and i don't know if these are old 90s or new joel really didn't say um he just gave me some and i oh i got them all at the house still too so i got plenty at the house i got a, i got a case there still at the house but joel um you know didn't say if they were old or new 90s but you can definitely feel a chambering issue and so i'm gonna guess i'm just gonna throw it out there that with a semi-auto it's going to upset that apple cart a little bit. So I can almost see where anybody who shot a Valkyrie with the 90s, who had those, you know, those inconsistent results, there's a feel there that the bolt action was able to overcome that I bet an AR doesn't, you know, and, and because of the lockup, the movement and all that and the bolt, I, I, I could feel it. And so that, that might be a deal. But like I said, the 88s, the Hornaday stuff is, is rock star for me. The speeds are good, the ballistics are good, the hits are good. 
you know, so there's, there's no, no issues with that kind of stuff. But teach their own, man. Like I said, I, I, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of what's going on with the Valkyrie. I'm going to stick with it for a while. I'm going to keep playing with it. You know, I, I got the um, I got to get that jump on with that McMillan. I got to jump on with the six five Creed barreled action that I did. That's in the McMillan. I got the MDT chassis stuff. I got to do. I got that um, ACC with the uh, original barreled action. That silver uh, Bighorn. I think that was a TL three action, if I remember right. Uh, that one's gonna get going. So there's some some things to do. Once I'm done with this block of classes, I don't have to really travel as much until Minnesota. So the fact that I'm going to be home a lot more for, you know, end of July until the end of August, it's going to give me a lot more time to knock out the videos. It's going to give me a lot more time to experiment, to collect data, and, and to then present that data to you guys. So that way it'll help with your decisions or what you got going on or, you know, we can compare to what you're seeing. Hey, what are you seeing? What am I seeing? What are we seeing? Oh, okay. How's that going? You know, and, and that kind of stuff. So I don't know, man. I, like I said, I'm, 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 on a, I'm on a little mini high right now and it's not because I'm drinking a cup of coffee here, but, um, it's it's all good stuff all good good stuff all right i'm gonna jump off because like i said i gotta take a shower i gotta go in the airplane i want to get this uploaded for you guys but i wanted to knock this out i don't want it to go too long without giving you guys a podcast i want to talk to y'all and, and let you know what's going on and, and let you know what we're seeing you know and where our head's at and and to me that's the important part of this is to to understand where the different trends and where the different things are going but I'm, I'm, I'm pretty psyched, but go check out those Tread Talks, man. The Tread Talks are pretty cool stuff. Go see what they're doing over here uh, down in Nashville. And, uh, you know, nope, didn't make it out anywhere. We were just, we, we basically from 8 in the morning, we came back about 6 o'clock at night, had our dinners and stuff. I stayed at the house here with them, nice place. And, um, you know, we, we hung out until about 10, 11 o'clock, went to bed and got up next morning, did it again. So, you know, it's work, work, work. It's not vacation time. Too busy, man. I, like I said, when I only got four days to be home, uh, you're, not, you're not playing around too much. But anyway, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for sharing. I'll get to your comments probably tomorrow, if not Wednesday. I know you guys have been blitzing me with comments. Thank you for that. Keep those comments coming. If you got questions, man, ask them because you know I'm going to answer them in the comments. And, and so we'll get them all up and going and uh, we'll make sure we, 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 we reach out and, and say thanks for, you know, it, I look at it as your participation, right? We're, we're, we're having a conversation through the comment section. So if you're looking for that, that conversation, you can either do it in the Podbean app or you can go over to Sniper's Hide. We got an everyday sniper section and you can, you know, write something in there and I'll scan both of them uh, come Wednesday and stuff like that. So let me get in, let me get caught back up uh, and do my thing, and we'll be in touch. Ciao.